This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Cheers, queers! <laughs> What's on the Big Gay agenda today, Theora? Today... In honor of Lesbian Jesus's birthday, I think, we are uh, in the holiday spirit and we will be talking about the best and worst holiday movies in our humblest opinions. Because <laughs> tis the season to be merry and gay, like your shirt says, Caitlin. It's a great shirt. Where'd you get it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you want to know where I got this shirt? I do. Well, actually, it's where I got all of our shirts, and it's at BigGayEnergyPod.com. And I spent countless hours designing all this shit. Yay! <laughs> there are no elves working on our staff. It's just Caitlin. Caitlin is the elf. And it's important to note that these designs will be disappearing on December 31st. So if you want to be merry and gay... Cheers, the queers, and technically, technically gone any, gay apparel. Anything I done is automatically gay apparel, and, and more. More. <laughs> <laughs> Go to biggayenergypod.com and please buy our stuff. <laughs> we love you. The end. All proceeds go to keeping this podcast going. <laughs> yes, because it's expensive. We don't get paid. It for is this. expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People think this is some free hobby, and it's like, no, no. This is like no. our third or, or fourth job or it's something. Like a job. Yeah. And the more we grow, the more money it costs. <laughs> yeah, for real. And so. we try to donate as much as we can throughout the year to uh, different organizations as well, because again, we are advocating for better representation and supporting the queer community. Yeah, so any support you give us does does go back um, in one way, shape, or form to the queer community. So, all right. So today, so what, what the episode will be about, we haven't done an episode like this really before. Um, so it's going to be a little bit different. But essentially, we're, we each picked uh, a movie that's holiday-themed, that's queer, that we really love, that we'll talk about. And then at the end, we're going to, like, rant about the ones we don't like um, because... Holiday movies are a mixed bag, <laughs> truly, especially when you get into like the subgenre of queer holiday movies, it gets dicier. Um, if you haven't seen any of these movies, that's okay. In the beginning, we're just going to do a quick 
spoiler-free summary of like what we think about it. So if you want to watch it before we spoil it, like you can pause and go do that. And then afterwards we'll get into all the spoilery bits and the things that we love about it and analyze it a little bit. So sound good, everybody? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what if we said no? Yeah. <laughs> now like we turn this podcast off. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not in this episode. I don't want to No. Bye. Right. <laughs> Damn it, Theora, get your ass back here. <laughs> we can't do it without you, Theora. Okay, but before we get into all the queerness, we need to do some quick housekeeping. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our channel, give this video a like, and drop a comment to share your thoughts. We absolutely love hearing from you. For our podcast listeners, please download this episode and leave a, a review if you can. Your engagement helps us reach a broader audience and spread the joy of queer content. For even more exclusive queer content, early access to videos, and full reaction videos, join us on Patreon. Dive into discussions on, to our, on our Discord channel, where we enjoy connecting with all of you. Explore our merchandise at biggayenergypod.com. We haven't plugged that one enough uh, in this episode to show your support. All links will be in the description. Lastly, stay connected with us on social media platforms by following at Big Gay Energy Pod. Your interactions mean the world to us, and these actions contribute to our ongoing celebration of queer media and advocacy for better representation. And what Brie and Theora don't know, we have another social media channel now. If you are on Blue Sky, you can oh. now follow us. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere, really guys. This is we're how you we take are over Visa. the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Available. It's part of Caitlin's. Uh, and you can also use your Visa card to, to buy this merch at BigGayEnergyPod. Or sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> or sign up for our Patreon or any But of seriously, the... if you don't do anything else, connect with us on social media and join yeah, the yeah, Discord yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. we do like to connect with you all, and that's the best and way to do it. it talk is. to us. We're lonely. Yes. <laughs> only, I mean, it's pretty accurate. <laughs> now it's sad. No, it's sad. It's sad, like some of these holiday movies. No, I'm kidding. Let's. Oh, speaking God. of which, I made my own transition. Okay. I love it. So, <laughs> all right. So, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, if you enjoyed me and Brie miming, <laughs> please comment below. Yes. Apparently, we now do flight attendant yeah. reenactments of what I'm saying to that. So, that's to keep it engaging for you if you're watching. Yes. If you're listening, we're sorry or not. <laughs> you may not Secure like the, the oxygen mask to your face before yeah. you help others when the excellent queerness comes on screen. And get your hydration of choice because we're about to jump yeah. into our holiday movies. So first we're going to start off with the spoiler-free section. The movies that we picked as our favorites that we're going to dive into a little bit more after we kind of like non-spoilery talk about it is we're going to talk about Carol... The Christmas Setup, and New York Christmas Wedding. And then the hate rants will just be at the end. That will get emotional, and that's just going to be a mixed bag. But I will say right now, the happiest season will be in that section. <laughs> and if we rant about a movie that you love, that's fine, because everybody likes different things. Correct. Like I have good things to say about Happiest Season, but also many gripes with it. And like go watch our reaction video if yeah. you want to see all the griping, but... Anyway, there will be good things and bad things said about all the movies. Like, mm. you know, this is just our opinion of what we found up till now. So 
Bree, do you want to start us off with non-spoiler Carol overview? Okay, listen. I'm going to open this by saying that I don't care. Everyone can fight me. Anyone that says Carol is not a Christmas movie, I will fight them. And this is a hill I'll die on. Hello. It starts at Christmas time. They buy Christmas a Christmas tree. The whole setup and like there's a Christmas everything. There's a Santa hat for goodness sake. Yes, Therese has a hat. Therese has a hat. So she does. That's my first thing to say. The second thing to say is uh, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Do I need to say much more about the quality of this film? Because Todd Haynes is a great director and i'm going to tell you carter burwell uh is one of my favorite uh composers for film and he did the uh composing for this movie and i am always in love with everything he writes so that's also a big plus so where can you watch it because that's important information to have you can stream it on netflix you can rent or buy it on prime video apple tv or youtube there's other places uh, that you can also rent or buy it it's pretty much everywhere that you can rent or buy a movie especially this time of year so here we go with a little bit of a spoiler free synopsis for you guys carol which was titled the price of salt as a novel by patricia highsmith uh, who is about an aspiring photographer that develops an intimate relationship with an older woman in 1950s New York. So, intimate relationship we, is an understatement. So I read this book before the movie was ever in the picture. Like, I, I didn't, I don't know, like, exactly when they started, like, pre-production on this movie, but it was... I read the book back in the day and it's I was going through this phase of reading all this classic queer literature and really I think after I watched the movie it only enhanced my feelings about the book they're very different in some ways and they're very but the movie brings through the spirit of the book for sure um so basically you get a window into the relationship with carol and therese in the movie whereas the book gives you more of therese's mind and and therese is an unreliable narrator so um but every time i watch it the opening uh gives me like such a floaty and inspired feeling it's the music the costuming that uh, the way that the camera follows all of the people on the street, it makes me feel like I'm just kind of floating above it all and watch and like literally watching these people go about their lives. So I love that part of it. And um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I think that it's very, very, very gay. I'm just going to say that on on the the scale of queerness this one is very high and uh yeah so like like in my notes i said the gays off the charts the queer the queer be in the in the heavens so you would say based on our big gay energy scale which is what we're doing for our like spoiler free section like how much queerness does it have so it's just out of this world yeah big gay it's pretty damn it's i mean everything from 
how they interact to the actual you know some of the actual scenes with them being intimate are absolutely gauging it quizging it all right so that's carol looking forward to diving into carol more when we get to the spoiler section we'll go over so i picked to talk about today i have several holiday movies that i really love but today i want to talk about the christmas setup and i want to talk about this because for me when i think of like a, a holiday movie I think of like Hallmark style holiday movies. If you're not familiar with what that means, it's usually a very like easy to watch, tropey kind of thing. It's not high art. Like it's not Carol. It's the opposite of Carol, basically. Carol's a great movie. I'm not knocking Carol at all. I'm just saying like for me, I'm looking for like a tropey kind of thing where it's like comes home for the holidays and then like romance ensues and everything's cute. That's what I'm looking for in a movie. And this movie very much encapsulates that. And Fran Drescher's in it. So, like, it's already great. <laughs> just, just she's in it. I love her. I love her. Oh, my God. And she's so great in this. Okay, so it's a... And the reason for me this movie hits all those buckets is because it's made by Lifetime, which is basically, like, they make the Hallmark-esque kind of movies, but it's queer. You can watch it. I think um, I watched it on Amazon because they have like a lifetime subscription where you can like watch all of these movies. Right now it's like, and I actually just bought it for like 99 cents, but I'm sure it's elsewhere. That's just where you I You can saw also it. have a free trial for a week. There you go. And just like binge all of them. There's a lot of them on there that are great that are queer. This one I just thought was very top tier. So synopsis of what it's about. So it centers around Hugo, uh, who's a big big city lawyer in New York City, and he comes home to Milwaukee and brings his best, like, friend from college, Maddie. And they go home, and home is Fran Drescher. is <laughs> his mom. And Milwaukee. And while he's there, like, mom is super into Christmas. It's all of those tropes. And he runs into, basically, uh, Patrick Ryan, who is his, like, it was like a high school crush, basically. It was mutual, and they didn't know it. And so a romance ensues with the two of them. And then there's this whole plot in there too about like saving a beloved Christmas tradition for the town. So like it just, it it hits all the buckets for me. And there's a secret, like there is a queer plot in there that's all like integral part of the story that you don't know till the end is a queer plot that just sold the, the story for me. So it's, it's amazing. And so if I had to rank this at how much big gay energy it has, it's 10 out of 10 honestly, um, because it centers around queer person. And then there's this also like, there's other queer elements to it that I wasn't expecting in a movie like this that just like wrapped it up in a cute little bow for me. And it's just warm, fuzzy feelings. And it's the type of Hallmark style movie that I love, like in a holiday movie. So if you it's, haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's really cute and adorable. It's a movie you want for Christmas. Like, yeah, yeah I'm with you, yeah. like, with those type of movies. Yeah. Like, okay, you, we have, people want, like, hmm, what like, breaking want? bounds or whatever, like, make you think Christmas movies, but I, there's something about, like, the cookie cutter movies that I just love. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like, it's like Christmas cookies for your brain, basically, you know? And yeah, it's brain candy. Brain candy. It's like a candy cane, but it's queer and it's a movie and I love it. And we, you know, as the queers, 
which we'll get into, I will rant about. Like, we don't get many movies like that. So it, it, it's like, this is a type of movie that's supposed to be warm and fuzzy and happy. And so to see it done well in a queer story is just, it warms my little cold lesbian heart and it makes me happy. <laughs> yes. It made me laugh a lot. And I mean, like, yeah. Brian Drescher is I love her. Amazing. She's wonderful. Yeah. So it's great. Okay. Um, so... I had a little bit of trouble figuring out what my favorite movie would be, and uh, I still don't know what it is, but <laughs> there is a movie that was defaulted to my favorite because it's the only one I remember. So I'm going to be talking about A New York Christmas Wedding. <laughs> um, yeah. So you can watch it on Tubi or Freebie with ads. Gotta love some ads. Like they're really not that bad. Just like yeah, go to the bathroom. You can also get it on Prime if you want to rent it or buy it. I was only giving them the free stuff. Hey man. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but this movie is. This is the description for it. As her Christmas Eve wedding draws near, Jennifer is visited by an angel and shown what could have been if she hadn't denied her true feelings for her childhood best friend. Her childhood best friend is a girl, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, Caitlin. It's a clear, what what would be a plot twist if it was a... If it hey, was okay. A well, the thing is, my actual favorite movie that I watched out of all this, I couldn't pick because out of, on the charts, it was only a four out of ten because the main couple wasn't queer and it, was, it wasn't queer enough. So we couldn't talk about it. But well, this one, it's queer. To be so, fair to you, they could have, I mean, they didn't have to be a woman. They could have been, you know. Yeah, could be bisexual lead. Yeah, so that, that's fair. Non-binary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, but I, I think it was a decent movie. I, this does not sound like it's my favorite. No, I mean, it's good. Um, But I wouldn't categorize it with, like, what we just talked about, the happy, cheerful, Hallmark-type no, movies. No. no. <laughs> Which, again, we just established that I prefer that more right now. Um. But it's the type of movie to make you think, what if? What if I had been braver that one time in my life? How much would my life be different right now? Don't we all wonder that at one point or another? Especially on the holidays when you're like... Remembering things. Yeah, like from... looking back the past year. Yeah, exactly. Like reflection. Especially in like the queer Ruminating. world. You're like, oh shit, Ruminating. I liked her. Then what happened? What would have been like if I realized it at that moment? Oh yeah, totally. absolutely. Oh, totally. So, definitely relatable. Um, so, rating this on the big gay energy scale, I th I think I'll give it a seven because like the queer couple is the focus in most of the movie, but I don't think it's like the best. Not I'm representation, but it's it it could it has more potential so it can't be higher that's fair okay okay cool so those are the three uh movies we'll be focusing on for like things we love and we'll dive into the spoilers before we get there though there's like so many holiday movies out there and we could literally spend the entire year of 2024 just talking about them but we don't because we won't do that because we have other things to talk about on this podcast i do have a whole list of queer christmas movies if you'd like me to share them <laughs> And I apologize for the dogs. <laughs> but just let me know if you want me to share them. 
Yes, but I just wanted to very quickly like list some other movies for you guys to check out um, that we really love, or mostly me, but because we don't have time to dive into them all. So I, my all-time favorite really is Quis- Christmas at the Ranch. I love this movie. I think it's a it's one of Kristen's movies. It is. Um, what's her name of this? Their streaming platform? Tello. Tello. So Tello has a bunch actually. And in and- case you forget. In the movies, there's always a Tello sticker on the computers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, this movie's really cute. It's basically just like, it is literally a Hallmark-style movie of like, big city girl comes home to try and save her family ranch and gets with hot rancher girl. That's it. That's the whole movie. And it's lovely because that's it's just a Hallmark movie about that. Nobody dies. It's not drama-esque. It's very nice. I love that one. And they hate uh, each other at first. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's so good. It's um, like Dior's catnip. Yeah, I watch it. I watch it every year. I love that movie a lot. I, I was gonna pick it as my movie, but like the Christmas setup has a lot to like. It's meatier in terms of other stuff, which uh-huh. is why I'm focusing on it. Uh, Caitlin, there's recommend your movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the movie um, that I was talking about earlier is called Ghosting: The Spirit of Christmas, and it's basically this woman uh, goes on a blind, well, like a first date, and she gets killed coming home by a, another car i didn't watch a scene because i can't watch car crashes anyway that doesn't matter and so she dies but her spirit is still there and her best friend can see her as well as the guy she went on the date with so like they're being all cute like the guy in her like she's like i'm trying to ascend how do i do that so she goes on dates with him um meanwhile her best friend is like falling for the guy's sister so like that, it's just like, it's a lot of, it, it, there's, there's some queer stuff in it and it's really funny and cute at times. And I just like it. That's lovely. That is lovely. Speaking of lovely, there's also Mary and Gay. Kristen. Which is another Kristen movie. Um, this is my favorite of Kristen's. Christmas if you don't know movies. who Kristen is, we did an interview with her. Yes. I was going to, I was about to say, I'm like, go watch her. It's her name is Kristen Baker. We did an interview with her. She was in an airport. It was fun. It was fun. But she does a lot for the queer Christmas movie uh, genre world. Especially like the female presenting side of it. Yes. So uh, yeah, this movie is, it's another, it's again, a lot of Christmas movies are very Hallmark style movies. This one, what's notable about it is that there's a non-binary lead. So it's like one of the only ones I'm aware of that's in this genre with a non-binary lead. Played by a non-binary actor. Yeah, so it's really good. So it's like comes home for the holidays and like romance ensues. There's like a Christmas play. It's like one of those one of those movies. Very easy to watch, but that one's really good. And I've loved Dia Frampton since uh, since I was a youngling because of the band Megan Dia. Mm. It also might not be called Marrying Gay on the platform. Oh yeah, right. You have to look up at the picture because I when I kept I kept shouting into my Alexa remote. Marrying Gay. And he kept pulling <laughs> up a different movie. Christmas and I was with so love confused. Christmas is the with other love. title. Yeah. I believe. And it's the it's so dumb. Yeah. I meant well... to text Kristen to be like, hey Kristen, we're filming this on Saturday. I, I Why did is that. the theme change? Maybe it's just a platform rule, so it's not. No, political. it's I can tell you because I talked to her about it. Oh. Oh, okay. I guess I can say it. Um well she just said the distribution company changed it. That's all yeah. she said. How can the district? Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. that's fucked up. Politics. 
anything else about this movie before I... Um, they have... It's weird that they changed the name considering they have a whole song that says Mary and Gay in there, but whatever. Continue. Single. Okay, Okay, the last... Spoiler. The last one (laughs) I want to recommend is called Single All the Way. Um, So this is more of an Achillean movie if you're you're into that. Um, Honestly, I think think the Achillean movies are better quality overall. So hopefully the female slash non-binary ones will get there as we progress. But this movie is really, really fun. It's on Netflix. It's 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 another another Hallmark style movie where a boy meets boy during uh, winter. There is a scene in it that's very heart stoppery, where the guys take like Instagram photos outside in the snow. It's adorable. Is there a dog? I don't remember to be honest with you. If there's a dog, I know. I know Nelly does not make an appearance, Caitlin. But the scene <laughs> is very heart stopper, and Jennifer Coolidge is in it, just being Jennifer Coolidge. So like. That on its own made me watch it. I was like, Jennifer Coolidge is in a movie. I will 100% watch this. And then it was queer. And I was like, yes. So that's a really fun movie, too. That's well done. See, it's always that one character. Fran Drescher got us to watch the Christmas setup. <laughs> I'm saying they get, they get, the, the Achilles movies have got, they got good, like, female, like, actors in there to be like, I want to watch this because Jennifer Coolidge is being Jennifer Coolidge. I think she goes to a drag bar. I can't remember, but it's just, she's the best. I love her. Everything she does is amazing. Okay, so now that we've gone... Okay, so at this point, we've cut... If you don't want to be spoiled about any of these movies, like, turn this off, go watch your movies, and then come back and listen to our, like, spoiler reviews. So we're going to jump into that. And if you're a spoiler hoe and you don't care, like, no slut-shaming on this podcast. Like me. Listen along. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so... Bree, do you want to take it away? All right. So with Carol, we're going to start with the book because I think it's a really important book for the community and an important movie for the community because of that. So it was written by Patricia Highsmith, who was known for her psychological thrillers. And she wrote it under the pseudonym Claire Morgan. So she wouldn't be like tagged as a lesbian book writer because she's writing this in the, in like 1950. So you can imagine if you get tagged, oh, that's the lesbian book writer, your other stuff may not be published or you're going to face some uh, negative consequences. So the other reason she didn't want to put her name on it was that the book is incredibly personal to her because this is a lot of her life in these characters so she is like and you can throughout her life all of her friends would say that therese is was patricia highsmith so it was like she put herself in this in this book and and it's based on the like the meet cute is based on her an incident that happened to her working at bloomingdale's so she was working at Bloomingdale's in the toy department and a woman came up a blonde woman in a mink coat. And she noticed it because mink coats weren't really common at that point because money, well, (laughs) the war had just happened and everything. So, um, yeah, she, you know, she, the whole shebang, except they didn't have a thing afterwards. She like left and never saw her again, but she, um, the thing about this this novel this novel is that it was her only novel that was like unequivocally about a lesbian relationship 
because you know she, she was more of a thriller like if you've ever heard of the movie strangers on a train that was based off her book but go watch that if you like suspense movies but the characters are also the only ones in her books that have explicit sexual existences and that's a reflection of her own life again so it's really cool that she wrote this you know kind of wrote her her experiences into this book and also she was tired of sad endings for two women who fall in love so that's why another reason she wrote the book uh it's a and there are a lot of reasons i like it but it's a classic and it's a story of that first love that that's so intense that you can hardly breathe or think about anything else for therese at least and it's very purposefully a happy ending uh in the book you get more of that happy ending than you do in the movie but i do still like how they did it in the film um we don't get a lot of really good well-made movies for our community and the acting and quality are in the film are very high and 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 though this is based on a book the movie is very cinematic in the way that the story unfolds and the way that the actors convey all of the emotions and even in the way that they speak it's like a movie of of subtle it's just a subtle movie and the story is happening not only when words are spoken but more so in like the looks that they exchange between uh the two mains and their body language and they have this like artistry about conveying that all-encompassing feeling of love with like nothing more than their facial expressions and the shots and and not to like the shots in the film like help this along as well but i mean this didn't it, get, it got like nominated for like a ton of awards too like like oscars and stuff like legitimate it really did. awards this is a legitimate film mm -hmm. not that um, queer media is a legitimate but i mean like this, this is a, very a like high level movie like exactly yeah exactly which accepted by all of the bodies the academies but like that yeah. was something that made carol huge because yes. it was like one of the first movies we ever got that was at least like in the sapphic realm and i just mean queer women as a group female presenting people as a group when i say that term um for simplicity but yeah it was like the first one that was ever like on the stage with like all the hot like high art movies that were mm -hmm. being considered for oscar nominations which is like huge so it, it got like worldwide publicity and things like that and it was on the world stage kind of movie and it was with kate blanchett who's like one of the best actresses alive um today and like legitimate composers and like not legitimate but like high level people um in the industry a list so, a list there we go so that made it novel because we never really had that before ever like the stuff we're getting was like you know indie film like low budget mm -hmm. stuff um so to have like an industry like invest in a movie like this was a very very big deal and it still yeah. is and i think that's one of the reasons that makes carol timeless mm -hmm. and so it's beautiful to watch like you're saying brie and it's beautiful to listen to because it just it, ha it it has all the elements of just a, a, an a-list movie you know that's just 
it is it is and i always feel really different after i watch it because i obviously watch it every year but um because like if you i feel like i know that these these actors prepared so well for it because if you the scene where they meet is is perfect yes because you have actually before she i think she was being interviewed and i don't remember by whom but patricia highsmith described that part that she wrote as i felt odd and swimmy in the head near to fainting yet at the same time uplifted as if i had seen a vision so yeah that's how she felt seeing the blonde woman in bloomingdale's and i think they really captured that so i i and also 10 out of 10 for adding that little part at the end of the meeting scene where she where she says i like the hat i love that that's so you know, that's such iconic and yes. like it, and also like if you weren't aware this was a christmas movie therese is wearing exactly hat. so like it yeah oh that carol is such a Carol's if Carol okay if Carol the at the woman existed now she'd be such a fuck boy it's not even funny oh yeah <laughs> like holy she, shit. the way she flirts with Therese oh my so, god so openly but not openly for anyone else that would be I'm listening. like okay I'm like ma'am there are children around yeah. and you're just like expert flirting in, yeah. list of, in front of my like nutcracker toys yeah, like girl, exactly. what? In, fr- in front of little Betsy no, doll yeah and i love that like the men everybody's oblivious until it becomes so obvious that the husband's finally like yep you lesbianing uh oh <laughs> behind my back <laughs> god damn it but yeah like damn carol oh my god and to have kate blanchett do it is just yeah it's swoony we'll put it that way yep uh the funnily enough the other part that was based on uh, part of this was also based on her friend who had who went through a divorce and had her daughter taken away because oh. of lesbianing yeah it, it was illegal back then to lesbian with child <laughs> i thought okay so i thought for friend you're gonna talk about sarah paulson's character because like no. yeah sarah paulson's in this too like queer woman yeah, fucking icon that she here. is I want to talk um, about Ratchet one day. She's I awesome. Her. She's amazing in life. I just love her. But yeah, I, I so like, also, it's not just about like, it, I mean, it's focused on Carol and Therese, but also that you have Sarah Paulson, who's like the Carol's ex slash best friend, who's like a ride or die. And it's like, I want to, I want to know more about Sarah Paulson's character. I fucking love her so much. But yeah, so there's fun. There's queerness everywhere in this movie. Yeah, is- like that scene where they're talking, they're sitting down and talking, and she's like, yes! you know, I have my eye on that on this redhead that owns a bar, and blah blah blah." And like, she's like, "Can her, I handle her redhead?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Where's where's her movie? I want to watch her get the redhead." And then she's like, "She's very young. Do you know what you're doing?" And Kate Blanchett's like, "Did I never know what I'm doing?" <laughs> I know they're so real as like disaster lesbians. Mm-hmm. I love them. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. Um, but moving on to <clears throat> another very important scene in the movie is the love scene. So they've gone on a road trip to get as away, you <laughs> as you do if you're lesbianing. You they're you hauling, <laughs> <laughs> not the you haul. If you're if your husband's you know trying to take your kid away from you while yeah 
you road trip <laughs> duh yeah you road trip with your lady love yeah with that redhead <laughs> and it's actually new year's when this happens oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Good so point. they ring in the new year with a little with a little queer sex and <laughs> they uh <laughs> they pray on the altar of lesbian jesus yeah uh it's a very well done scene Love. oh my god the freaking build up the yep. take me to bed line it's all great just okay there's homophobia at the end the- yeah you have to go to like go to the part <sighs> where they're standing in front of the mirror which is yes. a great shot number oh one god. number yes. two and then yes. they're looking at one another and kate blanchett just reaches down and opens her robe she sure does <laughs> and carol's just like god dear it carol invitation <laughs> so much game and Therese takes that she's like yes please Christmas came early for me she, like turns and then they start making out and we're like yeah way to be so, Sappho would be proud but yeah I love the mirror shot like the cinematography in this movie is stunning which separates it from a lot of the queer holiday movies yeah sadly so good. but yes sadly. homophobia happens after that yes. so if but you of course, want because it's a 1950 1950- 1950s 1952 okay. to be specific thank you. thank you they're also lesbians they're not allowed to be happy <laughs> actually they are because because this is purposefully written with a happy ending because yeah. uh, uh patricia was like fuck this shit these bitches are going to be happy or else <laughs> or else <laughs> oh my god yeah so it's like fourth wall break for she's like exactly where are you holly bitch uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and title <laughs> Uh, the ending, speaking of the ending, it's very subtle, but is very powerful. So in the book, you see them afterwards and you get the story of what's going on with them. But in the movie, we end with Carol saying, hey, do you want to come live with me? And then later on, or, and then they get interrupted. Carol leaves and then um, Therese goes and finds her and standing in the middle of this restaurant, they lock eyes and it's just like, oh, Oh, here you are. I guess we're going to get our happily ever after. Dun dun dun, and then that's the end. But it's not look on Kate Blanchett's face. (laughs) All of her look, she serves so hard without saying anything. It's just what a phenomenal actor. She is amazing. Uh, Speaking of, uh, well, let's just talk about the kind of elephant in the room a bit. So there's an age gap between these two, which isn't that big considering it's 10 years, but the, the gap that kind of bothers people is the experience gap. So Therese is very young in a sense, in the sense of she's not really been out in the world. This is like her first foray into having you know a job and being an adult and all that good stuff and carol carol has seen some shit and (laughs) she has she's been through it has obviously had relationships with women before this and her husband's aware of them this is why they're getting a divorce her best friend she's been friends with since she was a kid is uh in the picture and a thorn in her husband's side Mm. to say the least uh but a lot of people have analyzed the book specifically 
saying that it's more of a mother-daughter relationship. And it's like, I see where you're coming from with that, but I don't really, I feel like that's kind of an element in a lot of relationships in a way. And it makes sense considering their, I don't think it makes it a bad relationship necessarily. Is it because she looks like her daughter? Yeah, they have the same haircut in the movie, which doesn't help this case. That well, Carol's is styled better, so. Oh, that's true. That is a choice. But, like, to be fair, though, realistically, back in the day, there was, like, three hairstyles people would get. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, it's, like, to be fair, but, yeah, it is weird visually. I will say, though, like, okay, well, what if Carol was a man? Mm-hmm. Would people be being like, oh, it's father-daughter? Like, no. No one would bat an eyelash at any of this. A young, up-and-coming woman meets an older, rich man who's cheating on his wife literally no one would say this is like father-daughter realm it's only because they're women people are fucking mm-hmm. saying that which is a double standard i think yeah because like also like the other thing too like yeah like in life therese is like coming into adulthood i guess and trying to figure her shit out but like if you're thinking about it through like she's inexperienced in her queerness on top of that like it's mm-hmm. the 1950s how is she mm-hmm. supposed to experience any of that like look at at all the lengths and hurdles carol has to go through to just be herself and like the scene where she's like giving it to her husband and she's like absolutely not i would like where she's about to lose her her daughter and she's like there there would be a time in my life when i was younger probably where i'd be like yeah i'll do whatever to keep my daughter but she's Mm -hmm. like fuck that i've seen some shit i understand the value of being myself fuck it uh take the daughter away like i'm not gonna compromise me because what kind of example am i setting for my child if i fold you know yeah and and also what what good is it going to do the ch- her her daughter for them to be in this perpetual state of oh conflict God. because it's going to last forever absolutely so she, but also she, oh go go sorry i was going to say she does the only thing she can for herself and her daughter totally. yeah exactly and then to bring it back to therese like that's what therese is learning throughout the entire movie is like how to come into like what being Therese mm-hmm. is because when you're a young adult and you're trying to figure shit out you don't know anything you learn stuff through life lessons and it just it takes time it's a process and so to have somebody like Carol be in the picture who is kind of like finally uh, um, coming into like what it means to be Carol and like who mm-hmm. Carol is she's like I figured it out I'm this is me that's it so to have that person in her life is is big for Therese who like can model herself after that so i can see like a mentor mentee yes thing i don't think they're related because of mother-daughter shit but like more is that a bad their lives are parallel in some ways yeah or like or like yeah exactly but like therese is like a couple years behind carol they're going down the same trajectory but but therese does come into herself and like by the end of the movie like or she's getting closer to that so I she's not boyfriend that. what i never yeah, yeah, yeah. ever want to remember his name because hey. he annoys me the entire yeah, yeah. book and movie mm. but um you get a lot more of him in the book just warning you um <laughs> but there's some really beautiful scenes with uh therese realizing a lot of things about herself and yeah. what she wants in life that you do get with the book so i recommend reading that too but the movie though it didn't get to show as many scenes with that you 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 do see it through the the like the the so talented the the what is her name um 
Nagy, I can't ever pronounce her last name. The writer of the the script writer. Oh, I don't know. I actually don't know who wrote the script. Phyllis Nagy, Nagy, something like that. We're sorry I suck at wrong. names. Anyway, she did a wonderful job of adapting it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other thing I, I'll mention is that. Like I said before, you don't get as much of the happy ending, but that's an adaptation versus a book issue, which you're always going to have. So you pronounce it Nagy. Nagy. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. All right. So how much would you hydrate for Lesbian Jesus for Carol? We'll just throw that in after each one. Do we have the amount that was in the Red Sea? <laughs> the red sea yeah that's valid yeah yeah a red uh, atlantic sea ocean that's how much <laughs> the water on earth the water on earth yeah it's a beautiful especially movie. the water in our bodies because water, oh, water like queer media is essential for life that's why we mm -hmm. hydrate all right exactly it's thank you brie that was our carol synopsis will hydrate for the jesus i could talk about this movie for ninety three thousand years and the book but uh let us continue yes we will move on to the christmas setup which is my hallmark-esque movie of choice so for me this movie had all the elements that i love it has the freakishly um obsessive holiday vibe going on it starts really with fran drescher who's hugo's mom and she's like obsessed with christmas and has this giant like he comes home and he's like oh we're gonna chill maddie and then mom's like fuck no this is your chore board and it's literally the month of like december and all these things they have to do every single day so there's just like that obsession with like the holidays that's just one of the tropes of these movies second trope that's here is that you have big city boy meets like suburban boy and i would say small town in these movies because it's usually like rural versus urban stuff but this one subverts that and i'll talk about that a little bit later in a way that i like but and he's only home for two weeks caitlin it's always two, two weeks. weeks it's always two weeks <laughs> why is it the magic number in queer media i don't know or two days if you're heart stopper yeah heart stopper it's two days <laughs> But it's two weeks. Well, it's two something. Right. <laughs> On the two weeks two. makes a huge difference in things. It does. It's it, always. It means everything when it's two weeks. But Big City Boy comes home to small town, falls in love. Classic. And then they have the quintessential holiday meet cute, which is adorable. So basically the way the, the guys are reunited is that Hugo comes home with his best friend Maddie, whom I love. And mom's like, okay, Hugo, um, well, I need to take Maddie and go do Christmas stuff for reasons. I need you to stay home and, like, use your cute little tool belt, because he's actually pretty handy, Hugo. And I need you to do stuff around the house and wait for the Christmas tree to get delivered. And Hugo's like, fine, whatever. So he's, like, fucking around and, like, hanging shit. And then um, the Christmas tree gets delivered. And who's delivering it? His high school crush, Patrick Ryan. And so it's very cute. I just love it. And it's like, it it feels natural and it's not this like forced thing the way they meet and they already have history. So it's like less about like, who's this mysterious stranger? It's more like getting comfortable with people when you're in a different phase in your life, which I liked about this story. 
Um, the two of them had really good chem, like everybody in the movie had good chemistry with each other. So like Patrick and Hugo have really good natural chemistry. And then the family has really good chemistry. Like Fran, who's just a national treasure, um, <laughs> is a great mom in this movie. Uh, fucking love Can, her. Hold on. But, <laughs> but one of my favorite parts with her is when um, Hugo says to Maddie, you know the first thing my mom's going to say, and it cuts to friend, you look so skinny! <laughs> yeah. No, another part that I love about this movie that I think it did right has to do with that. I'll talk about that in a later section. But yeah, it's very cute. She's a great mother. Um, speaking of Maddie, Patrick, oh, not Patrick, um, Hugo and Maddie are adorable. They like met in college and have been like best friends ever since. And they both live in New York City together. And when she comes home, I freaking love her. She's just the best. And she ends up having a romance with like Hugo's brother who comes home. Super cute. But that the mom sets up. Yeah. Yeah. The mom sets them all up, um, which is cute. But Hugo and Patrick are are really, I think, a great couple to center. They have, they're, they're both complimentary to each other. Like, it's not, it's not so much that like Patrick likes to, I don't know, chop firewood and Hugo's like the city boy. It's not really that. They're like compliments on like a nerd scale too. That's really cute. Like, I don't know. Like Patrick is this like tech genius who like creates an app and he retires early because he sells it and just does like charity work now, which is adorable. So they're both like very nerdy and they have their like niche little interests that come out throughout the movie. And it's just freaking adorable. And what separates this movie from other, like, Hallmarky movies is that their romance isn't really a, oh, well, it is the season, let's just do this kind of thing. It's like they already had a history um, in high school, and they kind of build on that, which which I really like. So it feels more, like, natural to me. And so I felt that they were just believable as a couple, which I think is important if the point of the story is to be a romance, basically. Uh, another element to these movies, the Hallmark movies that are common, is it's rural versus city tropes. It's just a staple to this kind of movie. And I think this movie handled it the best uh, out of all the Hallmark type movies I've ever seen. Because every single character has an experience living in a big city. So they have that perspective. So then when they're transplanted into, like, quote, the small town which in this movie, it's not like they're in like the middle of nowhere. They're in like a city, like a sub suburb in Milwaukee. So it's like an in-between from like big city to like like rural. So it's not Christmas at the ranch. They're not like on a ranch isolated with acres of land. It's like they're in a suburb. So it's like <laughs> rural light, I guess. They have a train. Yeah. But um, okay, so like Hugo and Madeline are coming straight from New York City, which is like one of the biggest cities in the world. The most city city you can be in. Uh, but Hugo grew up in this Milwaukee suburb that they're, the movie takes place in. Mom also is from, which I'm glad they put this in here. Mom is also from, like, New York, New York, one of the boroughs. Because, like, Fran Drescher keeps her New York accent. And I'm just like, you want me to believe that she's from Milwaukee? Get the fuck out of here. But then they, they throw this line in later. Like, oh, yeah, she's from, like, somewhere in the boroughs. And I'm like, thank God. Because, like, I was not buying that. So, yeah. So she has experience in a city. And uh, the brother, Aiden, he's in the Air Force, I think. And so he moves all, he was like coming from Germany. He's lived all over the world. So everybody who, and Patrick also, um, after high school, like followed a boyfriend out to San Francisco. And that's where he like started his tech stuff. And San Francisco, which is where I live, 
is basically the New York City of the West Coast. So, like, everybody here has experience in a city, which I like. Because usually in these movies, it's, like, it's the love interest for the person that comes back from the city is, like, has, like, never left this town. And they just love the town. And it's just, like, that's all they know. So they're, the perception of, like, you shouldn't live in the city. Cities are bad. Usually is, like, propaganda that's in these movies. But... All these characters all have, like, more worldly perspectives of, like, life outside this Milwaukee town. So it made it less weird <laughs> when they're talking about, like, do you want to be in New York or not? Because that's always, like, that is always a plot point. Because Hugo in the movie, like, he's up for promotion at his law firm. And he thinks he's going to stay in New York and get promoted. But anyway, so the part of the tension is, do you want to stay there? Do you want to, like, move to another city? Do you want to be in this small town? So it doesn't feel, like, propaganda-y. It feels much more like it's about Hugo's, like, what he wants in life. Not really this, this like, oh, I'm su I'm seduced by the charm of this, like, small town and the Christmas farm and all that weird stuff. So I like how they handled this. I thought it was really, really great. And I think that it's highlighted the most with Patrick. Because, like, Patrick left, went to San Francisco, and then came back to Milwaukee in the Milwaukee town. And the reason he did it was because... Um, he basically is financially set, so he comes back home because he wants to, like, pay it forward to the next generation of queer people. So when him and Hugo are on their date, they're basically talking about, like, um, they're reminiscing about basically, like, high school and this and that. And Patrick was saying, like, well, did you know that now we have, like, a, like a, a queer youth center and we have, like, drag nights and things like that? He's like, stuff I, I wish we had when I was in high school. And he's like, I want to keep that going and, like, give the queer kids here like something I never had. So I love that aspect of Patrick. Like he's a true philanthropist who really wants to pay it forward. And that's his motivation for staying in this town. It's not just like, I love the charm of being here. It's like, I'm trying to do something good. And so I love that about them. And like Hugo resonates with that as well. So it's, it's very cute. And I love that plot point. So going back to Fran Drescher though, I, another aspect I, I love is that I appreciate how they portrayed New York culture correctly. I am from New York, not the city, but like one of the boroughs. And uh, I love that they portrayed it absolutely correctly. So they have Fran out here calling people a schmucks and she's the mom meddling in her son's lives. And she's like, at one point she's like, yeah, I got arrested for trying to save this like Christmas tradition. I would do it again. Like I just, that's like classic New York people. And I fucking love it. And the thing that you said earlier, Caitlin, where she's like, you look so skinny every time her boys come home. That, that is literally something my grandmothers would always say. So I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. Eat some food. Yeah, literally. They let her keep her accent. I'm here for that. A friend without an accent? What? That would be weird. I mean, how many actors now get to keep their New York accents? Yeah, like no. none. You have to get a beaten out of it in like training and stuff, mm -hmm. right? So I appreciate that remnant because that's real. As somebody who's from there, all right. So the queerness, um, because that's why we're all here. Uh, when in this story, I love that nobody comes out on screen. All of the coming out happens off screen. Patrick came out in high school, and he was out. And I love this aspect of him. He was, like, a popular guy. He was a lacrosse player. 
And Hugo, who wasn't out in high school, because he, he's like, I wasn't ready then, but he comes out like in college, I think later. He tells Patrick on their date, he's like, well, I really admired you for that, for being able to do that. And Patrick says to that, like, like I was very lonely. So because he must have been like, I imagine the only queer person who's out probably at the mm -hmm. time. And so I personally would really love a prequel of like Patrick in high school dealing with all that because I think it would be a really cute coming of age story for him and then he can have like meta stuff where like he sees Hugo and stuff and that'd be super fun mm -hmm. that would be cute that'd be so cute other queer elements in this story they they go to like a drag Christmas karaoke bar thing that's super fun and cute and I thought this movie was I think came out in 2022 I think my hat keeps falling in 2022 I think something like that and uh, I thought that was good because there's a lot of demonization of drag people. I don't need the exact date, Caitlin. It's fine. There's a lot of demonization. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> right now. Oh, cold out. Since 2016, there has been a lot of demonization of drag culture in America. So to have this in a Lifetime movie is good. And lastly, and most importantly, the secret queer plot that I didn't realize going into this was the historical gaze that are happening. So one of the plot points in the movie, because there's always like a, we have to save this Christmas thing. Of course. That the town loves. So in the movie, the big tradition at this town is that there's a railroad station and it's like an old timey station where the trains come in. And there's been this tradition going on for like a hundred years where they essentially, the town gathers in the station and they write letters to Santa with the kids and then they like send them to the North Pole on the last train going to the North Pole. So it's like the night before Christmas they send it. And in the movie, there's like the threatening of like the town taking over the station and modernizing it or whatever. So like Hugo and Patrick go on this quest to like try and save it. And what they end up finding is that the guy that owned the train station that passed away basically started this tradition because um, his boyfriend slash husband loved Christmas Eve so much that he started this tradition. And so everybody in the town keeps doing this tradition that started off as like a queer love thing and they don't realize that that's what they're doing. Because at one point in the movie, Hugo's asking his mom, he's like, mom, why do we do this? And she's like, yeah. I don't really know, but I like to think that we're spreading joy in the world and putting positivity out there. And like, that's enough for me. And I love that. And Hugo's like, yeah, I like that too. But then in the end, you find out that like, it's because of queer people that we're doing this. And because of one guy loved his husband or whatever, that's why we're doing this. So mm -hmm. I just, to me, that was a really poignant thing in a Hallmark movie, which is really why I picked this movie. Because it demonstrates that like queer people have always been here. Queer history is everybody's history. And like we leave our mark on the world whether or not people know it or not. So I just, I love that part of this movie. I thought that was so good and, and an amazing point to make, period. And it was fucking adorable. Absolutely. <sighs> Okay, last section before we end this is um, I watched this with my wife. So I have a gripes from the wife section. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh, let's so hear what Julie has to say. So I'm just very quickly, these are comments from Julie. They don't need to be rebutted. They're just, these are her comments. Okay. Let's do it. So the meat cute that I mentioned earlier with the Christmas tree. Patrick asks Hugo, help me get the tree because your mom uh, picked the biggest and heaviest one off the lot. They go outside to the pickup truck. 
And in the pickup truck is a normal sized Christmas tree. So we thought that was hilarious and really weird. <laughs> Second thing, in, in the movie, they go see the Northern Lights because of Patrick's app. And it's like, they're in Milwaukee and it's like this beautiful green swirling, clearly CGI thing. And Julie's like, that is not how that happened. Cause she went and saw it in like Iceland and her, based on her experience, she's like, and I thought this line was just funny, which is why I put it in there. She's like, you see a streak of green across the side and it disappears and you think you're going crazy. And that's the Northern <laughs> Lights. And I was like, okay, Julie, whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. So. Ruin the magic, Julie. Uh, which I'm sure is not everyone's experience, but it, that was her line. And I just thought that comment. That's She's hilarious. yelling at me for the other room. <laughs> <laughs> Julie. Thanks, it. Julie. It's your first appearance on the podcast, Julie. Okay, and last thing. At one point, Hugo is waiting for Patrick to get hot cocoa in the town. And Patrick doesn't show up. So he's like, fuck it, I'll just get it myself. So he hands the guy a $20 bill. Doesn't get any change. And then gets the coffee. I mean, the cocoa. And then drinks like three sips of it. And then like throws it in the trash when Patrick doesn't show up two minutes later. So we're like, why did he spend $20 on this hot cocoa? Because the conversation leading up to it was like, Hugo being like, well let me tell you about this hot cocoa in New York that's like super pretentious and like expensive AF. And then Patrick's like, no, 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 small town one's better. But then here he is spending $20 on a small town hot cocoa. So we're like, what is this? What the hell? (sighs) And that concludes the Christmas setup. Uh, Lesbian Jesus hydration. I would give it a 10 out of 10. Honestly, for me, it hit all of the elements of a Hallmark movie that was very queer, not just the main cast, but the drags, um karaoke and then the historical gay stuff that's where it really sold it for me it was believable it was a well-done movie the transitions were all good the music everything dialogue chemistry 10 out of 10 go watch it if you want a warm and fuzzy queer holiday movie um also i know we keep talking about hallmark it is a lifetime movie i know yeah hallmark style movies is what i mean i was just trying to be faster about it okay so now on to a New York Christmas wedding. Um, so something that I think we have to talk about is that this was filmed in 14 days and had a shoestring it's budget. Insane. It is insane. insane. So we do not have a Carol or Happiest Season budget here. No. But the first scene I wanted to talk about... Okay, well, let's start. So basically it starts with Gabby who with I believe is her boyfriend. I mean, he should be at the time. Basically being all coupley and Jennifer and this is when they're like teenagers. Um setting up for Chris the for Gabby to come over to decorate the tree and she's making eggnog and cookies and getting ready to tell her that she likes her. So Gabby doesn't show up and she gets pissed off because she knows that she's with him. Um, who I still have not Vinny. Vinny. Yeah, I, I just realized there's a scene later where she's screaming at Vinny. So she says I'm it enough that I should have known that right away. <laughs> and so, like, they get in a huge fight. And Jennifer goes on to be engaged to this guy. And then an angel appears on a bike on a bike <laughs> and i guess he's like texting or something and then he gets run over by a car so <laughs> um she 
is having had dinner with the in with the future in-laws and the future in-laws are pretentious assholes so she goes for a run and that's when she sees the angel get run over and i watched this movie three times in one night just saying oh okay so brie will help me out with this movie apparently <laughs> yes <laughs> i did not like this movie so i will be very quiet we have a whole section for Theor. So yes, and he basically puts her in this alternate reality where Gabby is not dead because she's dead by the time the movie starts. Um, yeah, so we're we're like fixing the the lesbian die, well, <laughs> bisexual, whatever the queer side <laughs> trope. Barry, you're queer yes um yeah so she wakes up with a dog licking her face which <laughs> love anyway and she's so confused because she's in bed not in manhattan where she's uh used to being with a guy next to her no that there's a female who is her best friend that's supposed to be dead throwing clothes at her telling her to get up yeah because that's i mean <laughs> Have you ever, like, went on vacation when you woke up? You're like, where the hell am I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's, like, that times a thousand. <laughs> anyway. So, basically, she's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And that day, they're supposed to have a meeting with Father Kelly. So, they are religious. And now we go to church after we figure out that she's in an alternate reality. She has 48 hours to figure shit out, I guess. <laughs> Two days, Caitlin. It's two days. <laughs> two days. Always two days. Two days, two weeks, two months. Those are the only options you get. When you're queer, you only get multiples of two. That's it. <laughs> so Gabby and Jennifer sit down with Father Kelly to talk about getting married in the church. So he, I guess he did a sermon the week before talking about how queer people can't get married or something. I don't know. They never actually mentioned the sermon. Uh, so Gabby mentions how she has always gone to him in times of need because her family was never supportive of her. So like he was always the first person she'd go to for advice and that Jennifer and Gabby were both raised in the church. They were baptized, confirmed, um, first communion, all of it. And so Gabby's like, we would really love to get married in this church. Like, this is where we want to be. This is our home. And we want you to marry us. And this asshole is like, I'll have to pray on it. Like, come on, dude. I thought we were past this. <laughs> no, we're not. The church is not past this. Drama. No. So I don't like know how to feel about this scene. Like half of me hates it. But, like, the other half knows that this is what happens in real life. And that not everyone's accepting, even though the Pope literally told them to accept everybody. Uh, no, go ahead, Brie. Then I have something that's not related I to add. I think that it's um, interesting to see him think through everything that Gabby brings up. Because you have to, like... Jennifer's sitting here silent because she has no idea what the fuck's going on. She didn't know she was engaged to her dead best friend. She didn't know what they're at this meeting for. Who she didn't know that her best friend was pregnant as a teenager. Yeah, she didn't. 
well, and she didn't know, you know, why, how she died or why she just kind of cut her off. So this is all very disconcerting for her. And she's just kind of over in the corner, like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> And, she's like, uh, what is my life right now? Father Kelly's over here having a crisis of like faith and what am I supposed to do with this? And okay, if the Pope's saying this, I have to think about it. So that's uh interesting. The interesting one of the interesting things about this movie to me was the fact of Father Kelly's journey, going through, coming around, listening to uh things that are said by queer Catholic people um in that time where we had the new pope and he was saying like wtf gay people okay Love now theora i have breaking news i'm sorry this just in gripes from the wife part two. Oh, here we go <laughs> i've been misquoted <laughs> i've been misquoted <laughs> I said it doesn't start full blown like that. It starts small, then grows. Sorry, Julie. Yeah, my experience. Okay, all right. No, my experience was that it was like full blown out my window. I got just terrified. I it scared the shit out of me because I kept looking because we. All right, so I was in Iceland. We were both in Iceland, I believe. Yeah, this was Iceland. We were in the very north of it. So, and I made sure that we were out in the middle of nowhere, basically. So I kept checking before I go in bed and I'm like, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? And then right before I was about to go to bed, I look up and there's just like this huge green thing. And I'm like, what the hell? But it was like, and then it was like the swirls yeah. all around. It That's was, all real. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah, like the it starting of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, you, it doesn't just like open. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. They're just like, they're, the, the way it's shot in the movie is like, they're talking, looking at each other and all of a sudden there's just like a ton of green and it's like, dude. Okay, How Julie, dare you do Julie dirty like that, Theora? But I just love the part where she was like, and you feel like you're going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Julie uh, made sure to correct. Yeah. I can years. actually hear her say that in my head. So, Exactly. I love Julie. Julie's great. I know. Okay. But so. <sighs> you know, you're fucking gay news. That's all. It was important. The Northern Lights are very. It's we very have to important. correct our, you know misquotations we do not want to put words in people's mouths here. Mm-hmm. No. okay so this scene i'm very kind of also confused by the fact that if jennifer and gabby were together the whole time father kelly isn't accepting but if they weren't together and gabby did die back then father kelly goes on to like officiate so many same-sex marriages gets removed from the church so like how does the, i don't understand the difference the, he has the revelation with or without them right is the storyline so if you kind of look at the two stories and think about it so Fa- father kelly with them they're the catalyst like gabby's protestation of this is He's always been accepting of them, but he's not to the point where he was willing to say, okay, I will marry you officially in church in front of everyone. And in the other storyline, he never really came to that part of it, like openly marrying people. 
he only did it behind closed doors. So it tells you he was accepting of everyone, but officially out in the open, he didn't feel like he could in the other timeline. And she never meets him in the other timeline, really. Right, why would she? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's that, and if you you think about what he says when he is married like in that one scene where he's marrying everybody he has talked to every single one of those people that he pulled on stage so he wasn't marrying everybody i mean where he's marrying those two and giving everyone the the same sex couple same sex couples the first communion whatever the uh the queer couples the first communion because we don't know how they identify we're talking about that scene next actually so um he's counseled every single one of those people i imagine they set this whole thing up so he's talked to all of them about it they're all cool with what's going on okay that is not my opinion on this scene okay so i start the next scene out that we're going to talk about i wrote the priest outs all the queers in the church because everyone looks confused okay well, like Jennifer he, definitely doesn't understand what's well, going Jennifer on. Jennifer doesn't understand, but he talked to um <laughs> Gabby beforehand, so I imagined he talked to all the other queers. I don't, I don't know, but like that that I don't. In my head, it just looks like he's outing everybody in the church. I think that's a that, that is so a funny. mistake of the not having a line about that in the script, yeah. But, but like yeah, at first glance, he's just like because like you presume as a priest, he's talked to people in private. Yeah. she asks later how did this happen like and she's like well father kelly set it all up yeah and then dad but we didn't talk to them he talked to in my mind he did talk to them because okay well they need to say that for me because again if you just look at the scene he's like montez you're gay get up here Well, and like, because he's talking about the couple, so he's obviously said, "Hey, do you want your first communion as a as a couple?" I didn't know you did communions as a couple. I didn't know either. I'm not like as a couple, even remotely no, Catholic. I, I was raised Catholic, but I didn't know couples did it. It's just like yeah. in the congregation or whatever, you would just go up one by one and do the communion. Yeah, Catholic it, I mean, listeners, they, is they that did a real it all thing? One by yeah, one. it was just that if you were. You know, oh, he wouldn't do sex couple period? you couldn't get communion oh, so like if you're not wow. co- if you don't have your if you didn't go through the first like holy communion thing you can't get communion at a uh, church so my dad didn't do that so he sits in the pew I see. every time we have a funeral because that's the only time he goes to church Got it. Right. i quit <laughs> during my uh communion journey so i didn't get that far <laughs> I stopped in fourth grade, oh, no, I so I was. Just not conf- What's the thing? I yeah, confirmation. confirmation. I didn't do. Confirmation, confirmation is eighth grade. That's what it was. And I, I was didn't like, do that. I'd rather play sports. <laughs> I'd like to confirm time. that I would not have done that either, because you also have to like pick a new middle name for that or something. Yeah, which is why in my my family, like in Italian Americans, we don't have middle. We don't aren't given middle names because you're supposed to pick your own when you go through confirmation. So I, that's why I don't have a middle name actually. Bree and like, I picked Theora's middle they name. Did. Actually, it's uh, Cersei. Yes, <laughs> which is a badass name, and it goes with my Greek first name. <laughs> yes, that's, we have, we I should find the. We spent time talking yeah, there about was, this. Okay, there was so much big gay energy that went into that. Love it. <laughs> okay, so yes, so after the priest outs all the queers in the church, um, he is doing his sermon about. <laughs> oh, I just love, love this love. 
and we see people get up and leave because they are homophobic and good we didn't want you there anyway yeah get the fuck out all right you can go be part of a homophobic church there's plenty plenty of them out there (laughs) we actually have a very accepting one that uh displays a pride flag and a trans flag outside of it and it makes me feel so happy every time i drive by it it's it's like (laughs) okay so again if you're only listening okay um theora's camera if you didn't watch our high school musical uh which is not out yet it will come out after this (laughs) so (laughs) So never mind i just realized this is a preview i I just spoiled what's next um so <laughs> Theora's camera now likes to do animations when she does something. What else can you do? Like some at one point it gave a thumbs down. Like I don't know. It's yeah. like okay, basically I have an Apple computer and it updated and then the, apparently this is part of the update cuz people needed this. And so it just randomly does emojis and I won't turn it off cuz I think it's funny when it randomly happens. I love it. Right? I think that you should always do the heart when there's queer things going. I on. will from now on. Yay! <laughs> anyway. I love it. Okay, sorry for the, the distraction. No, I anyway. I've learned something new during this recording. We always a new. We have to like start noting down like what the reactions actually are to what. Or we, we can do. actually look them up. That's way, no, no, no. It's it's no, more no, fun when it's organic. <laughs> yeah. We have to like discover it naturally because oh, then it's fun. It is okay. So sorry. Father, as we talked about, Father Kelly gives all the queers communion. Which apparently wasn't allowed, and then for some reason I don't I don't like this. Okay, so for some reason he marries Gabby and Jenny right there, and I guess the other queers are their wedding party. I guess, but like, this is a normal church service, so that means like a bunch of people in the congregation. Right. they're just, are just there, there to pray. <laughs> they have to be there, right. and also like. Don't you want your wedding to be, like, really special, not a surprise wedding? Like, hey, some people Jennifer, would like a surprise wedding. <laughs> Jennifer feels, like, a little more controlling in that aspect. Like, and you see that in the scene afterwards with the dress. I know you like the scene, very, but I, I had a little issue with it because she was, like, complaining about how she didn't have a dress all the time and how that's what she's going to remember. Like, yeah, this wasn't her ideal wedding but the, the, the communication between those two are n- is never good. Well, that's the thing is, like, you don't get to see them before, like, when they were actually together. So we don't know yeah. what their communication was like yeah. when they were actually, like, in this other reality, whatever timeline. So we actually don't know what their relationship is like. We just know what it's like with Jennifer from the other yeah, I just, I feel like the, the relationship was a little weird, this, like, whole movie. Because, like, she's trying to figure out who this person is. Like, she doesn't even know this person from her other reality. Yeah. Because that's she's not there. Because that's how I, that's one of the reasons I liked it. Well, I'm glad. I think I like this movie for section. all the reasons that everyone doesn't like it. Um, well, Okay. So, while watching this, I know, like, some of the things that I'm saying sounds like I don't like it. That's not true. Like, there's a reason I'm talking about this as my favorite. So, I wanted to figure out, like, exactly why I remember... Well, okay, so the real reason why I remember this movie is there's an editing mistake. So, that's why it's in my head. I think they fixed that one, but I found another one. But... (laughs) 
And that's not relevant right now. But I was trying to put myself back to where I was when I first saw this movie in 2020. And I think I figured out why um, that I liked it. And at the time, I hadn't really seen any queer movies, especially Christmas ones. I still haven't, obviously. Like, I'm still working on this list that I have now. (laughs) I've watched way too many this week. Uh, And I had only been out for, like, two years at the time that I've seen this. And before I came out, I always hated when people said that I'd get married one day. Like, I wouldn't correct them and say, no, I won't, because, like, apparently that's what you do. You're supposed to get married one day. And I was just, like, very uncomfortable. And I finally figured out one day that it was because I could never see myself with a guy. And that was the whole issue. And this movie was the first time I got to see two women together getting married and just being happy together. And I'm pretty sure that, like, that wedding scene and them just being there together and having everyone support them... And you see the queers there also cheering them on. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is the reason that my mom called me crying after watching the movie and telling me that I needed to watch it. Aw. Aw. Moms. But that is important, that again, representation matters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, no matter what, like, just getting to see that, that is important. So all of these queer stuff movies are important in one way or another. Mm Mm-hmm. But now um, we're going to talk about Theor's favorite part of this entire movie that I'm assuming. Does she have a favorite part? Yes. All right. (laughs) Let's talk about that plot twist. (laughs) It is the creepiest fucking thing ever, which is why I will never watch this movie ever again. Why? This is is one of the things I actually liked about it. (laughs) No. This is so (laughs) creepy in a Christmas movie. So, like, this okay, just okay. shows you, like, we all, we, th- we're accepting of other people's opinions because we don't ever, like, we don't always agree with each other either. Um, yeah, no. We find out at the end of the film that the angel Jennifer meets is actually Gabby's son. And I mean, the way that they do that, like, his name is Gabison. Yeah, no, that name. was, like, dumb as hell, but I chalked yeah. it up to it being, like, a cheesy Christmas thing. And, like, he, like, literally says Gabby's son, like... She, they should have had her like start saying it and realize yeah. it, not him actually not saying him actually slow it down for her. Um, it's like Michael and Miguel from Warrior Done. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? Exactly. Go <laughs> on now. Um. So he's Gabby's son who died. Now I just hear the last name. He's still uh, still born. Yeah, yes. he was still born at twenty nine weeks. So I don't know how he aged, but. Who knows the afterlife? Well, he was like in the heavens and things. And then Gabby basically died the same way that we did. That we did. <laughs> that he did. That, that that how we met him. She walked out in the traffic basically and like got ran over by a car. Yes. So like I liked the pop just only because it caught me off guard and I had no idea it was coming. And like they yeah. had it from the beginning. Why would you see... Dead, like, dead fetus guardian angel coming. Like, why is this in my Christmas movie? Like, just I why? Hilarious. No, this is the fucking creepiest thing they could have I done. I thought it was hilarious, and I was no. like, "What the fuck?" No, it was no. like this is a great mm-hmm. idea. No, I draw the line 
at dead fetus guardian angels. I know what I'm getting the for Christmas. <laughs> no, absolutely not. The minute they started going here, I was like, no, 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 no. And I think we were just screaming at the TV watching this. Because, like, why? Why is this the plot twist? This is so weird. No. Get out of here with this. It's fun watching stuff with Theora and Julie. It's very entertaining. When I told, okay, when I told her we were doing this episode, I was like, oh, will you watch Christmas movies with me? She's like, yeah, as long as it's not this one. <laughs> and then I was like, no, they picked it. No. I draw the line. That is what I draw the line. Because, like, it, like, again, I personally like the Hallmark movies. And that, like, and I mean Hallmark as in that style. Dead fetus guardian angels don't show up in that. And I don't want that in my holiday movie. In a, never know in a haunting, in a horror movie. I'm going to sure. talk to Kristen and see, like, hey. No. Can you put her don't down? put that in those telemovies. <laughs> those movies are perfect as they are. The next movie, you'll never see it coming. There I has to be. It. You have to have Kristen put a joke in there about it. Then. Don't do this. It's just weird. Like, this is a dead fetus. And you made, like, a grown-up version talking to us and, like, guiding <laughs> us through the whole movie. It's so fucking weird. Would it have been better no. if you had the fetus at the age that he had died? <sighs> no. This guy could have been anybody, any other guy. Around. I have a great idea for Kristen. It's so creepy. I can't. Okay, so Kristen, if you end up hearing this at all, your next uh, Christmas movie, they should have like a random scene where they're listening to this episode of the podcast and uh, debating Christmas movies. That'd be great. And you name drop us. Yeah, that'd be great. Love you, Kristen. Name drop us! (laughs) There you go. There you go. Okay, so uh, we are... We've been doing this pretty long now, so I'm going to get through this a little quicker because there's not much more. Uh, so, like, the queer representation, uh, I mean, it was there because they're queer. And <laughs> they're, they're queer. They got married. That's yeah. Uh, the movie just, like, really tried to tackle religious homophobia, which is a lot in this world. But it just felt a little rushed with that whole storyline. days. Was... I'm like, why and how? What? 14 days you said that they shot this in? Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, I thought we were going with... Yeah, I was, I was like, like two, weeks, two weeks? Two weeks? <laughs> two days. I, I mean, it, yeah. Two weeks. <laughs> it tracks for this movie. Two weeks, okay. two days. But there are some things I don't like. I mean, I've said a lot of them, but this is more like production aspects. And again, 14 days, it's a lot. Small budget. Um... The chemistry and acting wasn't amazing, but I mean, it's passable. It's just, I don't, the chemistry between the two leads, it was very disconnected, I felt like. Um, Might be because they didn't really know each other, or one of them didn't really know the other one. Yeah. 14 days. All right, so in a lot of the, they have a lot of handheld shots in this movie. And they added nothing to the story. And it, it just felt like they couldn't afford a tripod. Oh. Just sometimes. Because, like, they overused it. And it made no sense. Especially in that last church scene. That last church scene I have some issues with. Because there's also the lazy editing when uh, it goes from one side of them. And it's when the, the Jennifer is, like, with the other dude. And he, she sees the angel dude. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I gotta go back. And then I think he kisses her. And when you switch to that, 
there's they zoom out really quickly. There's it's one frame. They all they had to do is cut this one frame, and we wouldn't have noticed that weird zoom out thing. Mm. So like, how did that go through everybody watching it? And they're like, "Yep, that's good. That's just something." And then also crossfades. We talk about <laughs> what your we favorite talk thing? About that a lot here. Okay, uh, why do we need them? Uh, like. Again, we've talked about how crossfades are, like, to only show the passing of time. So, like, I understand if they wanted to show, like, that's why she's late. But everything she does in these crossfades is, like, five minutes of time. Sorry. Like, she's not, like, getting ready for anything. Like, she's just, like, she literally gets her clothes, she puts them on, she feeds the dog, and she goes. That's a choice. Like, there- <laughs> I want to find a crossfade lover to come on and debate you. Okay, well, just actually, I'll just get my uh, crossfade teacher that told me no. <laughs> that, that's the reason this is happening. Um, anything else about the movie you want to talk about, Fern? Um, I'd never seen. I had never heard of it or seen it before, and I have this thing where there'll be one specific reason or part of a film that will grab me. And that's why I watched it three times. And also, I like the kind of speculative nature of the the whole plot idea. Do I think it was all executed perfectly? No, but there's not a lot of queer Christmas movies that are executed perfectly. So I didn't have the problem with the dead, the dead baby. <laughs> The angel? I mean, if you think about it more, I'm the just more angel. concerned, like, trying to figure out how he aged. He cracked me up. It's, he's in heaven, okay? No. <laughs> anyway, no. um, I was kind of, I, I really, I guess it kind of also reminded me of me and my best friend when I was, like, in high school. So that I had a nostalgia aspect with that because we would have kind of similar issues, yeah. if you will. Like, oh, you're you're supposed to be hanging out with me, but you're with this dude that you've been talking to and didn't tell me and blah blah blah. And it's not like we're in a couple or anything. Sure. Anyway, so that and I also like the actress that plays Gabby. Who is? I don't remember. Okay, never mind. Doesn't matter. You're gonna have to look it up. I can't. The order won't let me. No. Okay. How much would you hydrate for lesbian Jesus for this, Caitlin? My rating went down since we talked about. She's gonna it. say five. She's gonna say five. Oh, I was gonna say uh, like I was gonna say six and a half, but I think like six. Fair. Again. Probably not what you expected when I told to pick my favorite movie. But you know what? You, you win some, you lose some. Christmas setup. Watch that one. Yeah, it's so good. Okay, so now that we Adriana DeMio. So now that we've talked about uh, the ones we picked as our favorite, let's go off into the ranting section, which is basically about the happiest season. But before, like, <laughs> before we, we, like, go off about this movie, I do want to say, like... There are positives to the movie because, like, Carol, this was one of the, this was a big deal when it came out because it was, like, one of the first, like, explicit holiday movie for a sapphic-focused queer couple 
with a high budget and like le- like a-list actors in it like Kristen stewart's in it mckenzie's in it like aubrey plaza obviously a fave is in it so like it was a big deal like when it came out but it was marketed as happy and it's not which is my issue with it and I will say that something that I do like about the Happy Season is the soundtrack. The soundtrack is so good for this movie. I listen to it every year. It's really, really good. Is there anything else you wanted to add positive, Caitlin? Yes, actually. Okay, so I, I like this movie now that I saw it. I watched a bunch of others uh, only because it's well made. Like yeah, the people, I mean, the acting is good. The chemistry is good. I mean, Albi Praza and... Uh, Kristen's yeah, you have the chemistry. chemistry. <laughs> the chemistry the between the two leads. Exactly. Yes, like, I understand that, but that's casting's fault. <laughs> that um, is the writing of this movie's fault. Yes. Can anyway. we talk? Let yeah, Caitlin yeah. finish. Let Caitlin finish. Sorry. Maybe yes. uh, I have issues with the movie. Aubrey and Kristen shouldn't have gone to the bar together. But you know what? That was a great scene. It is a great scene. That anyway. should have been the movie. <laughs> One of the only redeeming scenes. In- it anyway. was also shot very well. And yes. it was like very aesthetically yes. pleasing. It's a quality made but, movie. Yes. So on social media, someone replied to one of our stories and it brought me to a comment that they made a year ago when we talked about this movie the first time. Yes. So their name is Cole. I am not 100% sure on pronouns. So we're going to use they, them. So this is some of their thoughts. And I said that I'd share them. You guys actually had multiple conversations with them during Gate Witch Energy. So nice to meet you, Cole. Uh, So their points are, first big release of a lesbian Christmas movie on a major platform, which is very important. And it was like the most important of this movie to show that there was a viewership for it. Because like no one wanted to do it because they're like, no one's going to watch that. No, we will watch it. And it was the most watched Hulu original on opening weekend. So there's very important aspects of it. And there there was potential. Yeah. Well, the reason it was so watched is because we were marketed a happy queer movie. And that's not what we got when we got the movie. So like, yes. I mean, technically ended happy. Kind did of. it but the did whole no. the whole movie is not happy the whole movie like it's called happiest season and the entire movie the leads are miserable the entire movie except five minutes in the beginning the end like two minutes at the end and the end credits that is yeah, not fair. a happy movie so like it's false advertising this movie that's my problem with it like everything you said about it is all true well done movie well shot lots of money it was a big deal because of what it was but the movie itself no like it was falsely advertised as a happy movie and it and it isn't it's like why do we constantly as queer people get these movies that are just sad the whole fucking time it's supposed to be a hallmark style movie where it's actually happy like the christmas setup like this is not that movie it's about an abusive relationship i don't want to watch this for my like my freaking holiday movie like no my one positive about this movie is aubrey plaza yes she was so good i'd rather okay here's the deal i would much rather the hallmark style movie which is actually about her as the lead where she comes home from the big city where she's a big doctor comes home to the small town her ex is there with her new girlfriend and Aubrey has to find love. That would be a, that's the happiest season. Like, and that, steals the girlfriend from the ex. 
Yeah, or like, or makes friends with her and finds a new girl. Either way, it doesn't matter. Like, that is more a happy queer yes, movie. Thank you. Not the movie we got. This movie was just about a relationship where they don't communicate. Like, I'm like, what is a movie? And like, uh, like, I don't know, the leads, all of their scenes together, most of them are just like, it's just a, like Kristen Stewart spends 90% of that movie sad. Like, no, that's not, that is not the happiest Season. Not even the family. I mean, Jane. Jane. Oh my god! Jane, I want to protect oh. Jane at all costs. Seriously, and the way the family treats Jane is genuinely upsetting in this movie. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the that whole time. Me off. Oh yeah. It was. I want a Jane movie as well. Love, if they're trying to play her. it for comedy, it doesn't come across Correct. as comedy. It comes across as absolute cruel. like cruel. Cruel. It's cruel. Yeah, exactly. And like. I don't want that in my holiday movie. Like, put that in a drama somewhere else. That's why it was so fun like to it. see Fran in the Christmas setup because she was like loving everybody. And she just wants everyone to be happy and do these Christmas traditions, and that that wasn't this movie. So I do understand that. Yeah, but like I, I, I was one of those people who were so, who watched it when it first came out. Like I was super excited about yeah, this. My like, Cleo Duvall is making a sapphic holiday movie with fucking Kristen Stewart in it like it's so exciting and then I watched it and I was like gaslit the first time because I was excited about it and I was like okay maybe it's not that bad my wife is like no I'll never watch this again and I should listen to her <laughs> and I was like no it's not that bad it's not bad then I watched it again and I was like no this movie really isn't good like this is a movie that like I because Clea wrote it based on her own experience kind of like Carol so it's like it's a movie that should have been made like 20 years ago where like coming out was a big deal and like families were more homophobic and like there was that fear to tell people i don't want that now important story to tell but like that is not happy or a traditional holiday movie for queer people this is a holiday movie for queer people when we weren't allowed to be queer 20 years ago based on clea duvall's experience so it's sad when the movie the movie that's set in the 1950s has happier queer people in it than the movie yeah. that's set. <sighs> just yeah it was very just there's just too many upsetting elements to this movie and it just it had potential and it was so exciting when it was being marketed and to be like finally we get what all the straight people take for granted with these holiday movies and then it wasn't that it was just 90 minutes of just sad Kristen stewart miscommunication angst family abusing jane like i was like i don't want this this is just it makes it makes me upset the actual movie itself every I time i watch that. it and just hear jane get like <sighs> really killed by everyone yeah, it's it's just genuinely upsetting a lot of things in this movie and i just i want it to be better but it's just i don't like the story I and then they like don't it. support her until she actually gets her book published and stuff i know i want to read her book <laughs> i really want to have a conversation with claire duvall about how like oh, what no the relationship between these two like why and no, how just like why in in a christmas movie yes in a christmas if you, movie if this was not set in the time period and for the reason that it was no. it would have been different no because but... no, the premise of the movie is that kristen stewart is ready to propose to her girlfriend and she's never met this girl's family like that's a major red flag in the modern time like yeah, it's just there's too many red flags in this movie for me to, to like believe it and like be invested in the ship they're trying to get me to ship. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I'd rather Kristen Stewart be with somebody who sees her like 
listens to her, tries to help her. Like, Aubrey Plaza was a much more believable love interest for her because of how they actually communicate on screen. Like, too much of Harper and Abby happens off screen for me to believe it, you know? So, yeah. Um, uh, Riley. Riley, yeah. Aubrey Plaza's character. What a fucking name. Like, why wasn't that the lead? Come on. Come on. Like, okay, I like the movie exists because it gave us that character who's so iconic. And we have Jane who exists. I fucking, like, love Jane. And now I am pissed off. No one apologized. I'm so sorry. About the painting? Yes. Yes. About the painting. That's fucked up. It's so fucked. Yeah, exactly. I love Jane so much. Like, there's elements I like in the movie. I just wish it was a different story with the characters. That's Mm -hmm. all. That's all I'm saying. Like, I respect it for what it was trying to do. Clea for doing, you know, a big movie like this. The soundtrack, like I said, is amazing. But the story is not what I want. And it's just, it's, there's too many red flags, personally. Mm-hmm. But I will take it over the fetus angel because that is so weird and creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have a fetus angel, so there's that. <laughs> I have plans. <laughs> Anything else about the happiest season uh, before I bring something? Uh, can somebody please make an actual happy season movie? <laughs> I want to write it. I want to write a big gay Christmas movie. Oh my god! Could you imagine? Well, you it have a musical with a big director gay Christmas producer. Movie. Let's do it. Huh? Let's do it. What'd you say, I said you have an in with a producer director of Christmas movies. I was like, I'm going to write this. I'm going to write this script. <gasps> can we, Kristen, can we make big gay Christmas? <laughs> I want to send it to Chris. No, Christmas. Big gay oh, Christmas I energy. I do really want to write a, I do really want to write a Christmas movie now, though. And I've been kind of playing with script writing for a while. So you never know. Yeah. I love, I love writing scripts. There, I... I mean, that I had to do it for school, so easier. <sighs> All right. We will not hydrate for lesbian Jesus for the happy no. season. We've said enough about it. So even though I'm thirsty, I'm not drinking anything. Hold on. I have, I have just like, we don't have it written down. I had a for Riley. We're- yes. Um, we can't talk too much about it because uh, you have to buy it now to watch it. But Brie and I have been going off about under the Christmas tree for a while. And I don't remember why we don't like it. Um, I remember hating that movie also, but I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, you had to pay for it to watch it. None of us, like, we refused on, to buy it. We got this. So, mm-hmm. like, the I know the chemistry was bad between the two. I just but remember that's- the story <laughs> being bad. The haircut! <laughs> oh, yeah, it was the, ha- the haircut as well. That, that oh, of, was that the Elise Bauman one? Elise Bauman! Yeah, yeah. Okay, never it's mind. Like, I was thinking tree, of City of Trees or whatever that fucking movie sucked, no, too. No, no, no. The, the tree the... whisperer comes in, finds the perfect yeah. tree, but she has to oh get my permission God, yes. no, I remember to cut down the tree. The drone and all that good stuff. It's um, like, Caitlin was at my house for Christmas last year, and we watched this movie. And we just sat there the entire time, kind of, what the hell is ha- What are we watching? Like, I yeah. was excited because I love Elise Bauman, and then I was, I don't know what the word is. Confused. I was disappointed. Confused, disappointed. I wanted my those moments of my life back. But it's genuinely happy, though. So, like, as, like, yeah. a, I will take it over the happiest season that makes me angry. Oh, God. So there's I that. you're about to say the fetus baby. At least I will always take it over laugh. the fetus baby. Yeah, at least there's, like, comedy. It's, laugh. like. It's got all the hallmarky movie elements. It's like obsessed with Christmas, small town, like big job, little job. She literally works 
her job is Christmas. Her job is Christmas. It's one of those things. Also, another one that I didn't like, uh, Looking for Her. Nothing happens for so no, long. Oh, my God. That okay, movie. Listen, God. That movie had potential because of what the premise was. But I didn't understand what time it was in that film. Because the movie opens with the girl, the main girl, at home. And she gets multiple voicemails on her landline from her parents and then her ex. And then I'm like, okay, so this is like the 90s. Then a few scenes later, she has an iPhone. And I'm like, okay, why are people leaving voicemails on your landline when you have an iPhone? Especially your ex, who you haven't talked to in a while. Who calls somebody's landline to leave a voicemail? <laughs> like, just text her. Like, what the- obviously. I, I do like, it when I call happening my grandmother. In this movie? Huh? I do it when I call my grandmother. So, Actually, exactly. I hate But your no. ex, who's the same age as you? That's crazy. No, what she's saying is her grandmother, so obviously. But, oh my god, it's a wild. But That's... then, like, my problem with that movie, I like the setup, I like the concept, but the actor girlfriend doesn't have a personality, and that's what I don't like about it. Because it's like, who is this person? She's just a smile the entire movie. She just has no it's... personality. City of Trees is the same. It's the same people, actor. and I'm just like, no. What? That one I felt like had more potential. Like if I could take the kind of the relationship in that and then pull it outside of that movie and write it, I could. Yeah, their see relationship it being was great. their relationship was better. It's the movie overall is weird. Yeah, I was like, this is weird. It's weird. <laughs> anyway, yeah, there's is it what a, you're trying to do. There's plenty of bad movies, which is why we didn't make this a bad movie marathon because we would never shut up. <laughs> No, we wouldn't. Okay. Theor and I have talked a little bit about, like, before, like, the 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 lesbian movies, they need some work. Yeah. Overall themes that I noticed, or that we noticed, is basically, like, the Achillean movies, so, like, the male-presenting, male-presenting leads. Those movies overall are better quality. Like, overall. Like, budget, the way it's done, the actors they get on board, the stories. It's more in line with what, like, straight people get a million movies per year of. So my hope is that, like, the female presenting queer movies will get better in quality as those movies are more successful. It's just it's unfortunate that, you know, it lags. We are lagging behind the other movies. But overall, like, each year the movies get better, I feel. So and can we actually get some representation for other queer people? Yeah, I mean, totally. It's not just to... Uh, we did get, like we said, we got a non-binary lead in... Marrying gay. Um, marrying gay slash whatever the fuck it's Christmas called. with love. But whatever. that's like one. <laughs> right. You can have more than one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'm I'm really, really hopeful and I'm really scared I'm gonna be disappointed in the new movie that's coming out on the seventeenth, and I forget which uh lifetime or hallmark it is, and I forget the name, it's something friends and family. Uh, but I'm really excited for it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, we don't get excited. I don't get excited anymore until I, uh, I'm watching it and it, if it's good. According to our calendar, it's friends and family and it's Hallmark. Cool. Hallmark and Lifetime are basically the same thing when we're talking about Christmas or holiday movies. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's interchangeable. However, Lifetime is the one who uh, took down an ad because it had the same sex couple. That's fucked up. Wedding thing. And then that oh. that was around the same time that a New York Christmas wedding came out. So they, that came out after. <laughs> All of that happened. Google's over this episode. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Secret. I guess, 
Uh, yeah, okay, let's get to the secret word then. If you made it this far in the episode, we want to know, uh, because it's very interesting to see who actually like listens to the whole thing. I am going to give you a secret word that we want to challenge you to use in a comment or podcast review, because those are very entertaining, uh, without looking up the spelling. Okay, so today's secret word, I will say it the right way and then the way I heard it growing up. So the word is poinsettia. Okay, now mm-hmm. the way I heard it growing up is poinsettia, which is why I don't know how to spell this word. Have fun. Enjoy. All right, well, we hope that this gave you an intro into holiday movies uh, for the holidays. And I uh, hope you check them out. Let us know what you think. And if you have any other holiday movie recs, please leave them in the comments because we're always looking for more. There's plenty out there. We just couldn't cover it all in one episode. So maybe and next feel year. feel free to talk about if you like the movies that we said that we didn't yeah, like. Yeah, no, cool. again, like we said, there's positives and negatives to all of these movies. We just categorized them the way we did for simplicity's sake. So yeah, please just let us know. Uh, hopefully we can come, come back talk to us in the Discord. Yes, come about... back to us in the Discord. Talk to us. Uh, maybe we'll do another episode like this next year when we have more movies to talk about based on your mm-hmm. recs and new stuff. But until next time, uh, drink your cocoa for lesbian Jesus. And holiday it up all over the place. Bye. Bye.